Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Can I just open my non-alcoholic oh. beer? Oh, yeah. Right. Polly, you've got your tea, I've so we're going to... We're going to... Yeah. We're clink. Okay. And cheers. Oh, cheers. It's not very satisfying sound, so we've got... Oh, it's not... We say hi first to, like, introduce, do our introductions. Hi, everyone. So, um, welcome to this episode of Lovejoy, actually. We will be talking about Series 3, Episode 5, Ben in Bronze. I'm Helen. Uh, I'm Emma. And I'm Paul. I've never called myself Emma before. You've never what called happened yourself then? Emma before. Uh, oh, it's because I've it's because we've had news. Emma's very overexcited, so I'm gonna let her <laughs> I'm gonna let her we're going to let her should... tell you. Yeah. And I think you should explain them, because yeah. it's your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a bit overexcited. When I just popped online to upload the latest episode of our wonderful podcast. I found a little comment from a certain person saying um, they thought it was lovely that we were re-enjoying the series, series, the series. programs, series. Um, um, and how nice it was that we were having so much fun and didn't mention Hindus or anything. And that person, shall I say it? Yeah. That person was Chris, Chris Jury. Jury. My favourite bit about the whole comment was when he wrote, he wrote it and then at the end he went, Chris Jury, brackets, a.k.a. Eric Catchpole. Just in case. Just in case we didn't know. Just in case. And then I thought it was someone taking the mic. So then I, I ran the whole gamut of emotions. Is that even a phrase? Yeah. Gamut, yeah. Ga- gamut. What, what's the etym- etymological? I don't know, but we've got a linguistic know. comment very early in. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> gamut, yeah. Shall I, I, shall I read the actual message from Chris oh, Drew? Because yeah, it did, read... I have to say, this absolutely, if you are still listening this far in... <laughs> You've got this far, Chris. ...made our entire week, yeah. made our entire month, I think. I'm so, a what? It made my life. Okay. <laughs> so Chris Drury, and this was extremely kind, thank you, has written, Well done, ladies, what fun. Uh, great podcast, bringing back many happy memories to me. Very proud to have been involved in the show and delighted to listen to you three having such a laugh all the best Chris Jury aka Eric Catchpole you see he doesn't mind that it sounds like a Hindu oh, oh thank so. you Chris I honestly yeah, leave cried. us a review on the <laughs> if you go to uh, iTunes no but thank you thank you ever yeah, so much uh, we're, so, we, we're so delighted like we it's will, so amazing uh, we will email you and say hello properly yeah we will but yeah, we're I saying promise. hello and thank you this is no. now. Now I'm. Now I do feel like he's in the room somehow. Right. Okay. Oh, um, so oh, back to the episode. Oh, what do you want to say about the etymology of gamut? It's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, go so on. from the 1520s, so it originally meant the lowest note of a musical scale. Oh. So it was the musical note G was considered to be the lowest note, and then it came to mean the whole scale, and then it came to mean the whole range of something. I like that it was to do with music. Yeah. That really fits our... I feel like, um, like I should have known that. I didn't I know that. Like, I feel like I did. Yeah. Etymology and music, linguistics and music, which Straight are literally in. the two things that I do. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about series three, episode five, Ben in Bronze. Shall I read my very brief... Your awful summary. Usually? Yeah. It's actually, I mean, it's so brief that it's kind of... It's not good or bad. It's not it's good just... or bad, it's just very brief. So, Ben in Bronze, as you might guess, it involves a bronze, so unsurprisingly... <laughs> A priceless bronze is missing, and Lovejoy is suspect. Oh, I mean, it, did, that, did that happen? 
I mean, he was. It happened in the last like five minutes. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what we said though, a couple of episodes ago, isn't it? Or did that about, about the missing heart? Yes, they're that's obsessed so with true. things going missing. Oh, maybe it's just that the person writing these summaries is just watching the last like ten minutes and going, yeah. right, that seems something to be what's was missing. There. They found it, you know, this yeah. kind of this kind of thing. But they did find it. But it opened. Seeing closing scenes, well, the opposite. It opened with a very confusing scene. I was like. What? It was, I found it quite harrowing. It was a woman who'd slept oh, with a yes. man and was kind of upset that she'd done that because she was married and she felt like she might have made a bit of an error. And he was like, it's okay, you know, we all make mistakes or something like that. But because he said this line about, in that bathroom, I was really nervous too. I thought it was to do with like a pregnancy uh, scare yeah, or something yeah. like I was like, this is really upset. And she was so heartbroken. Was she was scary. like sobbing. Um, you want to know how it happened in the first place, though? Really? Yeah, I mean, we it's don't know that. We don't, we don't, and we never find out particularly. Or as Jane calls it, an indiscretion. Yeah. Later <laughs> on. That's one heck of an indiscretion. But, I mean, I think it was good to hook us into the episode. It did make me be like, oh, I wonder what this is. But then it, I'm sure uh, we'll find out. And it was kind of about that, but it wasn't really, was it? It did hook you in, but then you were like, well... That bit had really nothing to do with the bronze, no. did it? Well, it kind of... Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, and I, I'm sort of jumping ahead slightly, but it, it felt a bit like... So who who was the writer of this episode? Roger Marshall. Oh, Roger Marshall. Because he's written before, Marshall, hasn't he? It felt as though, it felt a little bit like he had a kind of Lovejoy bingo. Right, we're going to have a, a, a aristocratic woman yeah. in some form of distress, <laughs> some bent coppers, <laughs> yeah, um, something going missing, a, a, a posh something white going man who's a real and villain, a, and, a, and some kind of national stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> it, it had all of those things, didn't it? All it, the it, elements. It was, if you're playing Lovejoy bingo at home... <laughs> You guys have had a full house. We need to do it, we need to do it, and we'll put it up on the thing. So, at no point did I bother to find out uh, who the woman playing the sad lady was, or in fact, what the character sad lady's name was. So, I will be referring to her as sad lady throughout because she had such sad eyes. To be fair, her name was mentioned many times. Was it? Her character's name was Mary Russell. Oh, yeah. of course it was. I don't know what the, the actor's name was, to be fair. I kept um, thinking she was somebody and then not she, being... I mean, she was she somebody. Someone. She's Jan, Jan Harvey. Harvey. But I'm trying to remember what it is that she's... She's definitely been in other things. I was thinking she's someone, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Jan, oh, if you're listening. New Tricks. Oh, I, love I love New Tricks. I love New Tricks. Oh, got We've had that discussion before. We've got our New Tricks referencing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so there she is, sad lady Mary Russell, having a sob on a reasonably handsome man. I wasn't really paying attention. I did, yeah, I was so confused by that whole scene that I didn't really look at him. I replayed it about three times, and I thought it was because I was getting distracted, but now I've spoken to no. you, so I'm like, actually, maybe it was just something to do with... It was a very odd scene, and it was quite understand- uh, difficult to understand what they were saying, and because it was yeah. commentating to you, you didn't know the context. I was like, what is going on? I literally... I wrote in my notes, what was that first scene about? <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but then we go from that to Eric and Tink trying to get a massive bit of furniture out of a car. It's gone in, so it has to come out. I mean, <laughs> we've all said We're that talking- before. <laughs> it reminded me of... Um, have, you seen that, have you seen that clip Sorry. online that's doing the rounds of the woman who gets stuck in the little child's car? You know the no. red and yellow child's oh, car? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. She's, I she's stuck in it and she's like... Stop laughing, it's not funny. She was stuck in for about an hour. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I was like, why did you get into a tiny child's car? You knew you, you must have known you would get stuck. Anyway, but 
the furniture that's stuck is not part of the plot because it's just to see this other person arrive. Greg Veach. Greg Veach. There was there was a really there was a really nice comment from Lovejoy, and I liked it just because I've, so I've got an obsession with Australia. Mm. Um, and he says. Um, he breaks the fourth wall, doesn't he, quite yeah. early on, and he says, uh, Sydney, Australia, where the soaps come from and the ashes go to. Yeah. <laughs> and so I looked it up because he, he's, um, that was the, sorry, I also like cricket. I'm really sorry because I know neither of you guys do. Does anyone else like cricket? I'm sure plenty we'll of... We'll have at least a list. Yeah. People, people like cricket. People, people, people like, like cricket. It. Or as, uh, oh, oh Rob- they don't like it. They love it. <laughs> Robin, Robin, <laughs> Robin Williams called it baseball on Valium. I was, I was sort of looking up the ashes and this was that era of a kind of Gooch and Gower and you could, you're smiling and nodding like, yes, it was. I love David Gower. That's yeah, I like David Gower. I don't like cricket, but I like, I like him. David Gower. He seems like a nice guy. I like his white hair. But we did just, we did just sort of implausibly lose the ashes all the time <laughs> over that particular period. I don't, uh, I don't care about that. I, I do. And yeah. I've been to the MCG. So you've seen the ashes? Which is that what that means? I've, no, I've no, I've seen, I've seen the ashes. I've been to Lords. You, that's, she's going to cut all of this out. I'm, just I'm not. I'm not. The, but no, I've been to the MCG, which is Melbourne Cricket Ground, which is <sighs> enormous and amazing. But anyway, but definitely. yeah. So what we learned from Lovejoy is that Greg Veach, who's a wealthy Australian, has come over to buy some antiques. And Lovejoy's like his fixer or whatever, mm. you know, helping him. He's, he's a real 80s businessman, isn't he? But um, Lovejoy kind of indicates he's not hes not averse to doing over Greg Feach. I mean, he's not like... Oh, no, well... Yeah, he's not... I don't know why, but he's got no particular loyalty to him. But again, because Greg Feach is one of those... The type of people that we've talked about before that doesn't mm. have a love or a, a... He wants something... Who is that character... Few episodes ago, like the, the the guy who collected the guy in the submarine who wanted medals because he oh, collected yeah, medals. Yeah, and, and I know Greg, Greg Fish isn't guy. quite like that, but he's he's got that element of I want this because I'm rich and it's a symbol yeah. of my wealth, not a symbol of my love for. That's true. Although he was talking about wanting, like having a eureka moment, so seeing something and loving it and wanting to buy it. And I think so it's a bit more like. But his reason for loving it was, you know. Because it makes him look good, rather than... Yeah. Or, or maybe because he liked it, but I think not he through any, it, yeah. you know, any um, kind of... Uh, yeah, he didn't... He, he had quite a scattergun approach. He was looking yeah. at every single oh, antique yeah. he wasn't that existed. <laughs> he wasn't... Which was making Lovejoy's job a little bit difficult, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, so we find all that out. And then we also, I think, prior to that, we see Sad Lady. Sad Lady. Sad lady. Leaving yeah. a hotel leaving in Leaving the Whitehall Hotel in her little sporty number, yeah. Beautiful. And being packed by some mysterious guy and then followed by said mysterious guy mm. back to her home. Her, her very grand. So they, yeah. they got her grand fo- yet cold home. They got photos of her, but when she was coming out of the hotel, she wasn't with the mysterious man from earlier, was no. she? But I guess it was just to set it up that they were tailing her the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah. So they turn up at her house, her very grand house, of course. She seems to be of an aristocratic bent. <laughs> oh, yes. So she leaves in her yeah. MG. The man's photographing her. Then we go yeah, to Greg. That's right. Because he said Greg's. We go to Greg's. <laughs> then, then we, we get to Greg's. Then we get a sausage roll. I did spell Greg with two Gs at one point. <laughs> I just I just wrote when when is late enough to start drinking champagne well, because they were well. smelling champagne as he says in that early scene they were drinking champagne I've recorded this listener for posterity at eleven twenty a.m. on a Thursday now as far as I'm concerned you can't have an alcoholic drink before midday no it's midday is that midday. unless you're in an airport unless you're in an airport <laughs> Helen's so, catching may it may I refer what? you to uh, probably the day of your wedding, wedding. do you know that's what I was just thinking of exactly the same thing when Helen and I had a books visit about eight o'clock but that's different Christmas I drink before midday but usually or a wedding so it's like weddings and airports but not a Thursday not a a 
on a Thursday morning when at work. Yeah. He's at work. Yeah, and he's at work. I think that's the kicker, is isn't he? The, who was drinking champagne? Love it's, Joy it's and when, Beach were drinking uh, champagne. And it was setting up that whole kind of, I'm looking for my Eureka piece oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's where um, Lovejoy shows him that fake, like he sees this silver and he's that's like, oh, right. I love that. And it and Lovejoy's like, well, it's a fake. And he shows him why it's a fake because the hallmark is so far away from the edge so he knows it's another hallmark that's been put I loved that yeah. I was like yes give me all the antiques roadshow knowledge I like that I like those bits I seem to maybe just because they're the bits that I like but I feel like when I watched it the first time I, there were more of those bits or I, I remember maybe I remembered those bits because I loved them I was like mm. tell me more about the antiques so yeah that was fantastic and then again like so Greg was like quite willing to sort of bow to Lovejoy's knowledge and sort of be like oh okay well if you're saying it's not real you know so he he, he does, although he's a bit of a flashy businessman, he's not like a bad guy. Well, he's not dislikable, like some yeah. other characters. They yeah. seem to like each other. So then we, so then we see like the the um, we go to Mary Russell's house and we find out that she's a judge's wife. So hence the giant manner. And the guys <laughs> that were following her turn out to be policemen. Well, I was I was writing down in that in quote marks. All Police. like, Good. I'm glad really you thought that as well. Because do you remember when I can't remember which episode it was, but when. Jane went to the house and there was a policeman there and I was like, don't trust him. Why would you just trust that random oh, and person? These, and these are like, not these are detectives. These two, yeah, they're, they're not, not uniform. I just wrote, oh, we need Dennis. Where's yes. Dennis? And I think it not being Dennis was also a clue to me going out. I mean, it's not they always policemen. He's, <laughs> He's got annoyed in the first series yeah. where there were always policemen with random regional <laughs> yes, I just want Dennis. I do not want a different policeman. I just want PC well, I like, Dennis. I like Dennis. I think he's not PC, actually. What is he? SP... What, sergeant wanted Co- Dennis. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they call that police sergeant. There we go. That's what we think Dennis is. We'll look at it and find out. No, no, we, we don't need to look it up. We got Kim. Kim will tell <laughs> us. Kim will just tell us. Thanks, Kim. Yeah. In I mean, to be fair, he might have got promotion by series six, and it's series six <laughs> Dennis that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Episode one. Yeah. So maybe at the minute it is the painting and the anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that. One. Oh, it's good. But yeah, it's good I wasn't one. sure if they were real police, but anyway, they're questioning her about someone called Blaine, who she was seen. See, this is what I got really confused. So she was seen having lunch with Blaine last Tuesday. Um, not David David yeah and I think the thing is from that I was confused because when she was leaving the hotel I felt like she'd just left Blaine well, exactly. like they'd had sex in the hotel they'd she was left. leaving before him they, so they weren't they'd leaving followed together. her back to her house and yeah. they were questioning her but then by the time they're questioning her some time must have elapsed mm. because they're telling her that he's dead and so I was really confused at that yeah. point because I was like is that the guy that she was just with or is there another guy yeah. that she's having off And with? they showed a photo and I was just like, is that him? Yeah. I don't really remember him, him now from the first yeah. scene. He looked totally different. I was, basically we were very confused. We learned what a lady's gun is called. Oh, I just realised that we were, they're not what? police, are they? No. <laughs> Have you just realised that now? Have you just realised that? Well, I mean, I realised that we definitely know. To be fair, towards the end, I was falling asleep. We know what a lady's gun is called. It's called a muff pistol. Well, it's called a virginity protector. Yeah. Which I, would be a muff pistol, Which would be a it? muff pistol, exactly. Uh, oh, Take a place to going... keep it, yeah. And then, so she... she... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's awful. You wouldn't want safe to... Safe in your muff. You wouldn't want to accidentally set off the well, trigger, there's those people in America who constantly like, accidentally shoot off their bollocks because they've <laughs> put a gun down their waistband, which I just think is ridiculous. I mean, there's, there's how so stupid could be An actual be? medical condition called trigger thumb, which is where, like, your you, your thumb is permanently bent. Oh, so, so you might accidentally... So you might, like, if you had a little twitch of it, you might be... Uh, you have to have an operation to stop Ooh. you. I mean, um, so... So Blaine, who she was shagging, is dead. So she's not a widow because she's married to the judge. But she kind of is because 
She she obviously really liked him. Well, she wouldn't have cried. She did. No, she didn't like him. I don't think she did like him. She cried loads. Is that not the the judge of how much no. she likes someone? I think <laughs> I think she was more shocked that they told her she, he'd been recently released from Wormwood Scrubs. Yeah. Like she did look. Uh, it's just a bit like oh my god. It was like, a lot of information all at once. Yeah. Oh, so you've had this affair that you're already feeling probably pretty tearful and bad about. By the way, he's he was dead. an ex-con. Oh, and he's dead. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of info. I would cry, and I wouldn't have to particularly care. And then her husband is a judge. And so it's yeah. also, it's, none of this is good. None of, yeah, none of this is good for anyone involved, no. frankly. And she says, you can't tell my husband because it'll kill him, which would make her a widow. So I was like, this is... a dodgy, dodgy heart. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like a bit of an excuse to me. <laughs> but this is the person that Lovejoy's going to have to rescue because one way or another, she is a widow. Yeah. So then I was just waiting. She's the, waiting. She's the lady of an aristocratic bent in need, in, in, in need of aid. And, and once again, in need of aid and doesn't really want it and is too embarrassed to ask for it because, again... This is a you know yeah and that's because they're basically saying we can make all this go away if you pay us off yeah we'll destroy the photos we won't put in the report nobody will know that you had seen Blaine you'll be out of it but you need to give us some money and then she says that she doesn't have any money apart from a few shares a pep and a building society account <laughs> like that's significantly that's more money than I've got yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I didn't really get that whole thing because they ask her obviously do you have an alibi for yesterday between these hours you know when he was killed and presumably, presumably she didn't kill him so she presumably does have an alibi yeah. so why does she not well she does say well I think I was here yeah. but maybe home. it's because she's got no one to corroborate uh, yeah her. I mean she must just have no one to, but it was all a bit confusing because they were blackmailing her but it's like did, did she at any point go where did the bloody photos come from? Yeah. Why was somebody why hiding was in a bush taking my picture and why yeah. do you already have them so I soon well, after? Do you know what she, I mean? She does ask them that and they're like, they're like, what? She's like, why are we photographing me? And it was like, we were photographing him. And you oh, have yeah, yeah, that's the, it. Because he's the dodgy. He's the dodgy but, but I mean, it's yeah. still, it, it didn't it's really very hang together no. very plausibly. They're sort of it. blackmailing her, but like she says, she's got no money. They're completely blackmailing her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, sort of implausibly and weirdly. Yeah. Um, but what will she have to do? She's got no money. What's she going to sell? Oh yeah, um, family silver. <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, when I was watching this on UK TV Player, recommended for anyone that wants to watch. That's how I watched it. Yeah, as well, they um, really ought to give us some money. Uh, you know? oh, they ought to. With they're sponsoring us without realizing they're sp- <laughs> like, or they're getting free. Uh, yeah, speaking of advertising, so at this point in when I was watching it, a break, an ad break came on, and I got an advert for like an Australian program, like an Australian <laughs> TV show. I was like, is this sort of time? You can tell. Please. You're like you're already in the mood to think about Australia. So <laughs> watch this program. Then they go to then so cut. We're gone away from sad lady realizing she's got yeah, a sad so they, they give her twenty four hours. They need to come up with them, but they never specify an amount. It's all a bit weird because like, what kind of blackmail is that? Like, just give us some. Give money. us yeah. lots of money. Yeah, she mean, could she could give them a hundred quid. Yeah. and they might be like really pleased. Yeah. Like um, figures are never mentioned. <laughs> Very weird. As you say, and we leave we leave the scene with sad lady, and we go back to love joy. What's he up to? He's in a foundry. Why is he in a foundry? What strange place He's to be? To see Jamie, short for Jameson. Oh, and I didn't look up who like Jameson was either. And he was. I, he was somebody. Was he? I I, I, I loved him. him. He was very. I loved yeah, him. He was an extremely he was, beautiful man. I'm just a guy called John McGlynn, and he's now much older. And he, but he obviously because because <laughs> time has passed. But as in his picture, he's got a different picture. So Jameson is he? He doesn't just work with bronze, though, does he? He works with all sorts of kind of. He's a stuff. he's a sculptor. Yeah, but like a metal worker. Yeah. They mentioned Giacometti fakes. Yeah. And Greg seems kind of like vaguely interested, so you're sort of getting that clue that maybe Greg's a bit of a—he's not averse to bending 
the rules yeah. of the law. The rules of the yeah. law? I was going to say the rules of the country. That's I mean, just the law. A, a, <laughs> yeah. the, rules, the rules of the, the country. The rules of England. Wouldn't it be great English if we just had some rules that we could all follow? <laughs> so we all knew where we were. But but he's quite, I like his line about, so, because then he says, Lovejoy says, oh, I'm picking up those, like, what is it, like, brackets for something. And um, Greg says, oh, brackets, that's a bit, like, lowbrow for you, isn't it, Jamie? And he's like, oh, nine to twelve work. Two to six play. <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. Like, that sounds like a good line. I, yeah, I always yeah, thought it was. Because uh, if you get champagne first thing in the morning yeah. to help you through the work bit. I always think, though, we've got nine to five work, haven't we? And then we've got five to nine play. That's enough. Or in our case, nine to five work, five to nine recording a podcast at work. <laughs> at work. <laughs> I was like, when it was, um, like, so there's songs that so, so it's like eight hours for work, eight hours for sleep, and then I've got eight hours for play. It's like, oh, well, I yes. wish that was like. Yes, you haven't. You've got an hour to faff about in the morning and get ready, an hour to sit on a tube going into work, an hour to sit on a tube going out. That triple eight thing is how. Is this going to be wrong? Is how t- something to do with the beginning of trade unions. Oh, like, it wasn't fair to expect your workers to work for 12 hours a day, and they said you should have eight, eight and eight, eight to rest, eight to work, and blah, 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 blah. And, and that's like where it. the nine-to-five working day comes from. So it made sense at the end of the 19th century, but right now in 2019, I don't think a nine-to-five working day suits anyone. I work nine-to-five-thirty. Yeah, that's too long, man. Yeah, too long. I, uh, I don't do that. Okay, I mean, so, yeah, so. <laughs> then sad lady tries to sell some spoons, and she bless her, she goes around all the like pawn shops and like silver she brokers, looks so sad. and no one will take her spoons. Did anyone spot the cameo from a very special antique at this point? No. One of the people she was showing, I feel we might have discovered part of Polly's origin story here, because one of the people she showed a spoon to was holding some other silver to kind of indicate, I know about silver. <laughs> or it was something that was silver. It might not have been real silver. It was a toast rack. Oh, oh no, I did spot the toast rack. Toast I've rack, written come it down. Down. I've written down toast rack. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so really excited. Yeah, no, I, do. I did see the toast <laughs> rack. I had me fooled. I thought it was going to be like, oh my Look, God. The Helen's... woman in the shop is polishing a toast rack. I've got those, is yes. what I've written down well, in my notes. This is what I imagined. I imagined so, that, yeah, that I a young Polly was watching this, watching this lady hawk her spoons around and was like, Oh, a toast rack's an antique. I could invest in a toast rack. What do the lady hawk has? You know what? I'm actually going to put a picture of my toast rack that is the same as that one on Twitter because I have a toast rack that looks like that one. Did you buy it in Lavenham? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, well, they the in the old curiosity shop in Guernsey. Oh. Well, I noticed they were filming this particular scene. Well, there was a building in the background that said Thaxted Post Office. So I think they were filming in Thaxted. That sounds like a yeah. place in Suffolk. It was a very pretty little place. It was. I was. I was like, oh, I want to go there. So it was just l- watching her sadly go into all the shops. It was It was heartbreaking. And the music was all Oh, the music was key. very melancholy. The music's been really good in this series after they sort of picked up they had all that jaunty stuff at the end of the last yeah. series and they yeah. But I don't understand it's very mournful. What I didn't understand was why doesn't anyone want spoons? Yeah, I mean we don't know why. It's I all mean, a kind of montage. If, she, if she's vlogging a toast rack, why wouldn't that woman be like, Oh, I'll get some spoons to go with this toast yeah. rack? You, want, you know what you want? Apostle spoons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like egg spoons. Egg spoons. Oh. So then, so then the next scene. So basically, she can't sell the spoons. Poor sad lady. And then we next see Lovejoy, Greg, and Lady Jane having dinner. But all this was mysterious. And then I was like, oh no, because Lovejoy and Jane no, they work, work together. together. Yeah. So okay, it's so. a working dinner. That's and fine. And of course, I mean, I do. As soon as Jane was there, and 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 Mary Russell is also dining in the same restaurant. I mean, I'd already thought like. I bet Lady Jane knows Mary Russell. They've got to know each other. And of course... Lovejoy then says, is there anybody you don't know? Yeah. 
Um, this scene also features my dad's only joke about Australia, which is the one about the yoghurt. When he says, uh, <laughs> I looked down to read the joke thinking I'd written it down. I haven't written the joke down, I've written down, is it alright to rip it out of white Australians? Like, yes. like the Welsh? Yeah. <laughs> We're still not sure if it's all right. Well, it is all right. Like they destroyed of. an entire... Well, I mean, they didn't, to be fair, destroy uh, an entire civilization. In but... this scene, it's okay, because it's Greg saying he's... He's actually saying... He's it. saying I'm as cultured as a yoghurt, basically. Yeah. Isn't yeah. What was the joke? Like, what's the difference between Australians and yoghurt? Yoghurt has it's more culture. culture. More culture. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I think... That, but yeah. he, the point he's making, though, when he's saying that, is that, like, ten years ago those things were kind of true but actually now Australians are he's going around buying up all the antiques from the we're much more forward looking old so he country was, he was saying I don't agree with that stereotype anymore I don't think it's true anymore when is it he makes the comment about uh, they knew Jesus wasn't an Aussie because they searched for three wise men and a virgin and couldn't find that was the, same, yeah, was the same comment in the yoghurt yeah, in the yoghurt, yoghurt comment I just, I just I'd written that down because that made me laugh <laughs> Oh, I don't. I don't know why though. Yeah, I think it's what Helen said about Greg trying to reposition himself as like, oh, if I take the piss out of myself, and then I can say, but we're you know better than that or whatever. Mm. Sorry, I've been to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Polly's. I think it's, it's all fine. relative, isn't it? <laughs> oh. And then there's a bit of a weird thing where so um so basically we find out obviously that Jane knows Mary Russell of course. And then, you know, um, the restaurant, they bring out a cake for Mary, the sparklers on it. So Jane's like, oh, it must be Mary's birthday. I better oh, go I must and go and say hello. I must go and give, wish her happy, many happy returns. Or and Mary like, Russell, though, looking all thrilled. And her husband, this actually made me sad. I hate seeing people on, like, even on TV, fictional characters. Mm. And I thought, oh, but look, he loves you. And the husband was obviously got I all thought, cake. Was that the point? Because I was like, what's the point? So basically, I, I thought she, she looked really sad. She did look sad. Yeah. And I think it's because she cheated on him. And he was there. Oh, that well, explains. you can start this nice cake. Listen, you can start a cake. That is you, you, fine. You've explained this scene for me. So I was no, thinking, she, like, oh, why? Because basically, Jane is it's her birthday. And then she goes over to say happy birthday. And Mary says, it's not my birthday. It's our anniversary. I was like, what's the point of that? scene why do we care oh unless no, no, it makes sense hang on because we were supposed it was supposed to be like and oh, jane, look, her husband loves her so much he's got her this lovely cake and, and she... jane described them after as they're devoted to each other so so as we've said so lovejoy greg and lady jane are having this like business meeting essentially dinner aren't they because lady jane's going to help greg find some stuff and the suggestion does it come from jane the suggestion to go to fairford hall another um, aristocrat yes sir max spence who may have a few Ooh, things. He, Max he, he owes some money in death duties. So yeah. he's, he's another one that's got to sell off his... I mean, like, does, 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 was this, this a thing? What was happening? I think, to be fair, I think it was a thing. Yeah, it must have been. And they were all, all Amazon's just selling off all their... I don't know what the rules are on um, death duties now. Don't know. But um, anyway... I don't think I need to be concerned about it, put it that way. No, I mean, we know that basically in Land Revenue, now, currently now HMRC for... The youngsters. Oh, if you didn't um, listen to series one, because yeah. I'm sure we went on a massive we did. tangent about we it. We did. There was like stealthy tax lady um, involved. Yeah. So, he, so they're like, he might have some stuff. He's desperate to get rid of his stuff. So they decide to go and see him. But they're not before. Ooh, 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 like sexy scene. So after the dinner, Jane, Jane had gone back to Lovejoy's. And um, he was like, oh, I better not have another drink. They're having a whiskey. Yeah. I better not have another one because I won't be able to drive you home. And he's he's the one. So and they care about these because we're not in the eighties anymore. We used to talk about how they in the previous series. Yeah, they would just, they would yeah. just be like, well, well goodbye, I've had five whiskeys. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, if well, if you won't do the indecent thing, that is basically like propositioning her, and then starts talking about the Karma Sutra. 
<laughs> and like, at this point, I was like, oh, Lovejoy. Like, I'd finally kind of come round to thinking he was probably all right, and actually I could see it. And I was like, oh, just shut up. Why are you being so creepy? She doesn't care about the karma suit. She wants you to go. She's kind of interested, though, isn't she? Yeah. Well, she, she doesn't just go... Like, her marriage is starting to... She doesn't just go like, oh, no, shut up, shut up, it's disgusting, shut up. She's like, oh... What's this about the Kama Sutra? Tell me more. <laughs> so, apparently they do something with honey and black pepper. Yes. You see, I don't like I don't like honey. I've got a phobia of honey. Oh, yeah, phobia. Well, don't read that bit of the Kama Sutra. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've never mind. read the Kama Sutra. Black pepper I like. I'll I can see if you that want. working. Have you got it? Have oh, I got it? Costco, I've got like an illustrated Kama Sutra. <laughs> Well, you need to go and... I don't know why I did that. I did, like, a pop-up book. It's not a pop-up book. That was just I mean, a, I mean, a large... Something does pop up when you... It's just uh... a large book. Please don't it's let Chris Jury be listening to this. Please don't let who? Chris Jury? Well, my boss listens to this now. She's just talking about Sorry, pop-up everyone. sex books. Ooh. Sorry, everyone. But um, while he's busy creeping well, on Jane, uh, and she's moving like, out. Oh, go on. You have the Kama Sutra, so can you look at it and tell us what it says about? If there really about is some honey and black Because everybody will want to know now. The fans, I, the fans must be told... I feel like I'll I find out tell you. Don't, well. go, don't Google it. <laughs> you know you're going to regret it if you Google it. Karma Sutra, honey and black pepper, what could possibly go wrong if you Google that? Well on edge of them. Also, I can't really work out, I mean, what would you do with black pepper? Is it like chilies? I guess it's just Is dry. it aphrodisiac? It might be. Oh, I hope not. I'll put it on When everything. you Google Karma Sutra. Oh, maybe that, maybe so that's what, that explains so much. What's that? Was she like, puts black pepper on everything. I'll put that it on, on, on everything. everything. Love, I ice love cream. that pepper as well. Um, pepper and strawberries is nice. Pepper and strawberries is nice. Mm. So off he is, Lovejoy, chatting about his black pepper, and then he finds a spoon in his pocket. Oh, yeah, that was I, all a bit odd. I guess he used to put his jacket on to go and drive Lady Jane home, and he's like, I've got a silver spoon in my pocket. He and said, then, is it Alexander's? <laughs> is it the one Alex was born with? Oh, yeah, that's what Alex was born with, yeah. That's quite a good line. That's a good one. And she looks kind of miffed, but not really. Yeah. Oh, Th- that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> she sort of come round. Um, and then he just <laughs> immediately goes off and breaks data protection laws again by going to Andrea in the restaurant and saying, who was dining here last night? Because yeah. somebody's put and a spoon and in and my And Andrea tells and him, literally, says, like, oh, Colonel people. Simpson was on that table and so-and-so was on that table. And it, there's a sort of very, very, very brief subplot here because there's a guy who tries to do him over. Yes. By yeah, 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 it's mine. Oh, I forgot about me spoon. Oh, I'm always losing me spoons. <laughs> yeah. And then, it happens all the time. But how does he catch him? Oh, he, he says... Goes, oh, like, oh, it's got... What's the, what's the P? for engraved on it he's oh, like, yeah. oh for my wife Patricia he's like ha there's no P it's there's an no P, M yeah. very clever love joke oh, he's a reader of people joy. again though he knew I think he knew he was lying so by process of elimination he's he knows that it's Mary Russell and she's and she's she's planted the spoon on him to see if she can trust him <laughs> so again, he kind of just kept a little the spoon. Well, he says that he he says it's a very expensive way to find something. Yeah, well, if to it, find and it. I thought if it's an expensive way, that means the spoons are worth something. So why did no one so want to buy them? Yeah. Maybe spoons were having a dip in the market or whatever you call yeah. it. Except that it was a, it was clearly an expensive spoon. Hmm. Do you think people do you think spoons are always a good bet? You're the toast rack expert. A spoon's a good bet. I don't know about spoons. <laughs> I only know about toast rack. A toast rack. A toast rack has gone up and down in <laughs> literally. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Down. Not really thinking that through. You can make a toast rack out of spoons, like bend them over. I have seen, I have seen toast racks that are just spoons, sort of appended oh, in a in I a like roast. So that yeah, and I haven't got, one. I haven't collected, them. I haven't bought one for years, and they're just in a drawer somewhere. At home. Why didn't we buy Polly a toast rack for a birthday? We well, didn't think this because I didn't collect them anymore. But luckily, it's a birthday every year. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Get you like a love joy, a love joy toe strap. There must be such a thing. And if not, we should we should do some merch. I don't know what the BBC would think of that. That's the merch that we do. We start something weird. It could be kind of podcast. Yeah, podcast merch. Yeah. So we should have a podcast toast rack. Yes, some sort. Oh, we have a podcast breakfast and like eat. Oh, breakfast set. We could have big little spoons or whatever. Apostle spoons. We had that discussion about what what spoons do you put in an egg? Small spoons. We had that discussion. Small spoons. Anyway, anyway. So we. So anyway, so he realizes she can trust him. So he goes to Mary Russell's house to give her back her spoon, and that's what we learn. The reason she wants to sell the spoons is because they're pretty much the only thing in the house that actually belong to her. And so she wants to sell them, replace them with like cheap versions. So yeah. Imagine if the only thing you've got to your name is some spoons. Yeah, yeah but they're everything silver else, spoons. That else. is more than I have to my name. If I had like five silver spoons, I would be better off. Than I no, it's not about <laughs> worth. Though. I've got like you know, I've got I've got all sorts of things to, to my wraps. name, toast wraps <laughs> that are not worth very much. I remember once I bought a toast wrap. There were two, and I really and I liked them both, and I couldn't decide which one to get. And I got the one that had a sort of slightly faded pattern, which I now know is probably worth nothing at all. But the other one, which was from 1936, because oh, no, I've going. seen it in a book since, and it's now worth a couple hundred quid. Oh, no. And it was sort of £15. At least you'd know it if you saw it Shop, I would. It's got like, yeah, it had like little leaves, and they, but it was so beautiful, but it was yellow. And I thought, <laughs> I don't want a yellow bloody toast rack. <laughs> I can see it in my head. Between the two of them. And I got this very generic toast rack that was just prettier and looked like... But, I mean... Still nice for you. But you liked you liked it. I did. Yes, I liked it. And I, they were going back to that thing of what's the worth? What it, what's yeah? Worth what's to the, the value owner? and what's the price? How practical know. is a toast rack? What are they for? No, because I know they're for toast, but they're not practical <laughs> unless you then put it on a tray or something. Because you put the toast in them, and if you just have it on the table, the toast it's crumbs everywhere. Yeah, you put toast on a plate. Just put it on a plate. I, get, I know it's to like let all the steam out, and I, and I do actually stand my toast up against the toaster. Soggy so I, get, oh, I like a bit of soggy toast. So I get the point of that. Is that in... some kind of euphemism no! that I don't understand? <laughs> in the Karma Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> soggy toast. Three things you can do with soggy toast. <laughs> How on earth do we get on? Anyway, sorry, Bye. sorry. So basically, Lovejoy and Mary. So he knows now that she needs help. And, he, and she actually tells him, doesn't she, why she needs the money. Because mm. these this police corruption, you know, these police are blackmailing her. Just that line of duty. I've, I've, <laughs> I've just finished binge-watching, like, all five series of Line of Duty. So I'm so, like, in the zone with police corruption. These bank coppers. Um, and she had a lovely bat-wing top on. She oh, did, yeah, 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 she, she really did. Well. And he just can't, he can't resist it, can he? He can't resist a damsel in distress, but yeah. he does actually say, no, I don't think I can help you or something. And then Jane has to persuade him, Yeah, she? He's like... He, well, Jane actually tells Mary that Lovejoy will help her, and then yeah, tells Lovejoy it's, he it's is... It's Jane, for, th- for this episode, it's Jane who drops Lovejoy in it by saying, oh, sorry, I told her you'd... I told her you'd help. Yeah, and then Lovejoy involves Eric and Tink. Um, so they're sort of saying like they're going to basically do surveillance on this. So Mary's arranged to meet the police officer to, to hand over the mm. money. I mean, she doesn't have any money, and they're all discussing how they're going to like do surveillance on this police meeting. And um, and this like it was really good. And, like, it was good actually. But, like, and Eric goes, "I'm too young to go to prison." Oh, and, like, I'm, and I'm, just looking just... At, I'm looking at Eric just going, going like, "Oh, mate. but this is when Sorry, I find Chris. this is when I find out." <laughs> 
This is when we find out that when he says he didn't finish his security course. You know, yeah. we, we, yeah. we know we're well, him for finish it because after I came and yoinked him away, he was probably doing like an apprenticeship or something. Yeah. And he was like, right, come on. So they say, Eric, you're the expert in this. Oh, no, I, I didn't finish it. Yeah. Well, Eric says he's too young to go to prison. Tinker says he's too old. Oh, and Tinker's really nervous about it, the idea that they might go and... And then they, they kind of... Like, insult to injury, say he's got to drive a meat van. <laughs> and he doesn't like the smell of blood. I mean, once, once again, by the way, there is a Series 6 episode, one mm. that I've alluded to already in this episode, they end up in a fish van. Oh. A very similar thing, doing Do, surveillance. But it's a cover for What would you rather be in? A fish van or a butcher's van that smells of oh, meat? God. Butcher's van. Oh. Fish van. Would the fish van smell? I don't think fresh it's, fish really smells. Oh, it does. Yeah, but it's had loads of fish in it yeah. a while ago. It yeah. would, they'd both be pretty awful. I get travel yeah. sick anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're no not putting oh, yeah, let's not let's not like not putting Polly in a meat van. So, 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 <laughs> or, or a fish van. We're not putting her in any sort of van. Any sort of van. We're not kidnapping She's not her. Going in a van. <laughs> this is another bit where they're talking about like bugging the meeting and tailing the police. It's like it's again. It's like you're not detectives. Yes, why are you doing you're this? You're not the police. And I know it's like, but here they this, think the police are. In this case, it makes why. a bit more sense. Anyway, yeah. But Those they, policemen they, must have managers that but, they could be reported to. Yeah, there must be a form or AC twelve. Get AC twelve on the case. Yeah, so exactly. Like so anyway, we leave that storyline for a minute though. Then. Greg's at the spa, which is lush. Yeah. Greg Beach. And that then, looked beautiful. And then we go to Max. Oh, sorry, go on. I just, I was alarmed that we missed out the spa because it looked so nice. Greg was getting a massage. He was having his nails done. I was like, oh, he was having his great Beach. time. Yeah. Greg Beach is like living the life. Um, yeah. And then they get, so then they all go to Max Spencer's to see what he's got. And I mean, Eric is just acting like a child. Like, but he is a child. I know the actor isn't a child, and that's what is. Eric's not really a child. He's a uh, oh, he's 20? 20, 20, 21. And he's all a bit shy about asking to go to the loo at Max. Well, I thought that was some sort of trick for him to go and like look at other stuff in the house. And then it turned out that it wasn't. It was. So that was really odd. And then so they're looking at all the stuff in Max Spencer's house and looking at what they might want to buy. And then, like, so and bear in mind, I mean, I think I said this in the last episode or one before. Like, think, why do these episodes take so bloody long to get going? We're now, we're now at minute 23 of 44, basically more than halfway through. And this is where we see the Benin, the Benin, like the, the Benin bronze. Like, oh, yes. We've, we've had all this story and plot. All these things have happened. And we've got nothing to do with the Benin bronze, by the way, not even related to the same plot. <laughs> And only at, like more than halfway through, we see we see the bed in bronze. I was so cross. And the bed in bronze is a head, like it's a statue head. Is that what you call it? I was going to say a bust, but it's not. It's just a head. It's just a head. It's a head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's bronze, obviously from Benin. It's uh, and I didn't know Although where Benin was. Interesting though, because they talk about Nigeria and don't they? And Benin yeah. City is, is Benin to... in Nigeria. Benin is, well, Benin, Benin is, is a, a country. country. Capital is Porto Novo. <laughs> Why did I think just, that you wouldn't? Know I just that. you know. Thought. But there is a Benin City, which I think is in Nigeria, of which the capital is Abuja. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Just saying. I would um, said like I think it's a. biggest city. But um, it's a. Uh, uh, is it a region of Nigeria? Maybe it is. They just sort of say that it was in a region of Nigeria. So it's, they said it's from Nigeria. So they see this beautiful bronze. And I mean, it is beautiful. Like, I, I thought yeah, it was amazing. Nice. It's really but basically, nice. Max is like, oh, that's not for sale. Like, it's worth about a million pounds. Mm. But it's a really rare thing. 
but he basically can't sell it. This is where he says the most villainous thing. Oh, it's not villainous, that's maybe not the right word, but the most just, you absolute cock. He says, well, we can't vlog things which are of, and then he's almost doing like air quotes, national or cultural importance, blah, 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 so I can't sell the thing. And I'm like, yeah. well, of course you can't sell something that's of na- national and cultural importance. It's, you shouldn't even have got it thing, in the first place. There's one thing we've learned from Lovejoy with all the, the <laughs> rings and the, uh, what was it, the... Oh, yes. uh, Again, same episode. What was it she rescued for the for uh, uh, Colombia? Yeah, so they had the ring. Oh, yeah. oh the raft. The ra- uh, the oh, the yeah, raft. The raft yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're Colombia. doing like international ra- sign language for that. Raft. raft. Looks like we're playing charades. It's mean, a book. It's got two <laughs> words. So. I, mean, I think you should be able to get an export license to export it to Nigeria. Yeah, where yeah, it exactly. belongs. I would have quite liked someone in Nigeria to be able to buy it. Anyway, so yes, we can't export it. And so then he can't sell it domestically either because obviously... People know he can't export it, so they're going yeah. to just make him pay ridiculous money. So basically, he's got to keep hold of it. But he, I think he's quite, also quite happy to. So he says he can't sell it, but actually, you kind of get the impression he kind of quite likes it, it. Yeah, yeah. As well. But obviously, Greg wants this thing. Because, and I, basically, because he can't have it, isn't it? Because he, the one thing he can't have, then he that's the thing it. he wants. Yeah. Max has got quite a good dog called Lulu as well, who I felt did some good acting. She was like a little Jack Russell. Oh, she was very. Well, well, we haven't had a really a good a good dog. We no, had we a good haven't. dog for a while. We, <laughs> we had the we old ladies' dog. Didn't oh, we? we had a few she lovely dogs, and then we and then we had yeah, we had a um, dog. There was Lassie. Yes, there was. Oh, we liked Lassie. Lassie, who was a boy. So yeah, so we find, basically Greg wants the bottle, and then we leave that scene, and we go back to Mary, bless her, who's setting up her meeting with the police, and she's very nervous. I mean, I'm she, I mean, understandably, but bless her, she's extremely nervous. Um, she only got herself to blame. Oh, it takes two to tango. Have we got yeah, any more he's dead. aphorisms here? Oh, he's not I don't think dead. he's, I don't he's think not he's actually really dead. dead. Is he? No. Who? The guy that is supposedly oh, no, he's dead. Not. He's, he's not dead. Well, sorry, no, spoiler alert. Um, I mean, he may not. or may not be dead. <laughs> no, he's not um, dead. But I mean, at this stage, she thinks he's dead. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then we go, then we go back to Greg, who's basically going to try and get this bronze anyway so he goes to see Max try to cut Lovejoy mm. out of the thing and mm. be like oh I'm sure I'm sure there's a way around this whole this sort of export ha- license thing come on surely we can bend the law yeah um, they're very they're, they've just got that kind of entitled like we're very important so we should be able to do this so yeah yeah so they're basically gonna decide to um bend the law and they go and they go and see Jameson hot Jameson yeah because I <sighs> So Greg, so Greg knew that Jameson existed, but Max didn't, did he? No, no, but Greg did. So, so Greg, Greg is went... really the one who is pushing this kind yeah, of like, yeah, I've got really an idea of how we bronze. can do this. Yeah. Um, they actually have quite, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, apart it from it's illegal. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, it works. It works. So basically they decide to hide the bronze in something else to get Jamie to make a kind of thing, whatever, around the statue, like bury it in something else. So they can export it as that something else and then get the bronze out. It's not it's not a bad idea. Although, I wonder if it was based on a real although scam. You that think people that they did. would x-ray these things and then they'd anyway, but Oh my god, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I did wonder about x-rays. Yeah. Because you know yeah. it's that sort of thing you could you know smuggle drugs in or yeah. not that they are, but Oh gun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they they just basically commissioned Jamie to do this bit of work for them. Then to the pub where Mary's meeting the police. The green and man. Eric's on the their Complete with Morris then. Yeah. Now, is it? Do you guys find Morris dancers a bit sinister? A little bit creepy. Yeah, I do. There's something a bit sinister. 
that. Frightening there, about there them. There is. It's that, you know what, it's a bit Wicker Man, I think. Yeah, that's I think that's from really watching The Wicker Man. Um, yeah, although later on, when she's having the conversation with the policeman in the pub, you can hear the Morris stands outside, like, hitting their sticks against each other and their bells just slightly. a bit weird about And it. I was thinking, maybe I just internalised this episode of Lovejoy when I was very young. Um, and that's why I think Morris dancers. We used to go and watch Morris dancers, and they're not like any other... Like, you go to any other country and you go to a sort of cultural, yeah. you know, where you have belly dancing or you, or you have very elaborate, you know, wonderful folk dancing in glorious costumes. We have men in rolled up trousers banging <laughs> sticks together. Sticking and around with bells on Bells them. on their feet and hands. And it's just, and it's, it's like your slightly <laughs> odd uncle on a Saturday afternoon. It's just a bit... <laughs> It's, yeah, just, it's cool. disappointing, isn't it? I've been to a lot of countries and seen a lot of kind of folk traditions. And nothing's been as sinister as a Morris dance. <laughs> just as underwhelming as a Morris dance. Oh, really. I don't think they're underwhelming. They are. I've been, and now of... I've seen some good Morris dance. So have you ever seen like folk dancing in India and it's vibrant and No, I haven't seen folk dancing in India, to and, be fair. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, colourful and lively and passionate and all of those yeah. things. And Morris dancing is... Not. Not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. oh, even though yeah. I said they were sinister, I feel like I want to stand stand you up for the folk tradition me. of uh, the Great British Isles oh. or whatever. But I suppose even like Irish dancing or Scottish dancing oh, is more um, well, it is. vibrant. Again, again, it's like Irish dancing yeah. is fantastic compared to Morris dance. As, as long as you, as long as you can see the whole body, if you can. Only, oh, maybe it's something to do. Maybe it's yeah, the top waist up. It's not. Waist that up is not that exciting. Maybe They're just sort of jangling. <laughs> Maybe Morris dancers are sinister because they're all men. And that's a different vibe. Like, if you saw a group of men just hanging outside a pub, that's different from seeing, like, a mixed group of people. We're not saying that men are sinister, listeners. I I was. (laughs) Um, So, Eric's got a very not at all conspicuous <laughs> briefcase which Aww. is in fact a microphone <laughs> and has it got a camera in it as well or something yeah it it's something all a bit buy. old-fashioned spy type it's, yeah. it's, it's almost spoofing some of the sort of james bondy yeah. type you know it's it and wasn't actually convincing. in the end you know mary's able to she meets the inspector and she just is able to persuade him like look i need another day like i will get you money i just need more time so it works. I've written so. Eric the Spy. It should be called Eric the Eric Spy. Eric the Spy. I think that's called oh. Eric the Spy. And doesn't he call himself Field Agent E. Catchpole? Yeah. Because <laughs> they take the piss out of him. They do they laugh at him. Of him. Oh. Um, because, so he records the... He's basically recording the conversation in a pub. So a bit like when, when we're out in the field and we're in a pub and we record stuff you can hear all the other people like that man who I'll never forget and I've just realised I think I cut it out so you two don't know this but when I was editing the Kim one there was a man who was very loudly explaining how you got somewhere on the tube but you definitely don't want to go there on a Saturday it's really awful and Helen goes right just so we're all clear there guys no no one goes there on a Saturday and it was so funny anyway I don't even remember saying that. Because it was right near the beginning and he must have just been stood where we were sat. So we picked up like loads of his conversation. I don't know how. Who knew those? Very fascinating. Although people in London do like to talk about public yes. transport a lot yes. like we, we will have full on conversations oh, about yeah. which tube to get and what it's like and where to change. And so, you know, mm. yeah, that's just what we do, listeners. If you don't live in London, yeah. Bad luck. Well, <laughs> but at least you have to have tedious conversations about public transport. 
Um, we've got two. Briefcase. So yeah, so basically, so she persuades him to give her another date, then they decide to tail the inspector on the way out of the... Yeah, and then again, it's not at all incons- inconspicuous. Wait, is that word? Eric's on his bike, Lovejoy's in the car, and then and Tink's Tink is in, in his butcher's van. this convoy of like a bike, a car, and a van of following this inspector. Really, really inconspicuous. No one would ever suspect anything. Weirdly, I could remember that scene like crystal clear from being a child and watching it. Oh. It was so odd, and I was kind of like, I've seen this before. And I was like, of course I've seen it before. I've seen Bloody Lovejoy before. Probably seen it more than once, maybe. Um, but I remember just really enjoying how funny it was that there were like different sized vehicles yeah, yeah. following this car like they wouldn't notice. And yeah, exactly. And especially because this guy's obviously well, either a police officer, we don't know, or like a dodgy guy. Whatever he is, he's dodgy. He's so they notice... definitely shouldn't be just chasing after yeah. him. So and basically, and, and Tink is not enjoying his butcher's van, so he has to like veer off and, and go and bomb in a bush. <laughs> so he loses <laughs> them, oh, which oh. means that Lovejoy loses them in Miriam. So yeah. it's only Eric on the Harley who's able to keep up with them. But oh, Tink oh. is revived by the promise of scotch. He is. I, like, I love the fact that he he looks. They made the he looks so ill. And a bit of me, I'm sorry, the bit the bit of me that I was going to say projects onto other people. The, the, your, like, your strong vomer came out. From yeah, my my, my internal vomer was like oh, and then he mentions. Uh, uh, yeah, he mentions whiskey and he perks up no end. He sort of physically He's becomes like, taller, doesn't he? He's like, oh, I'll all right, then. then I'll, I'll be, be all right, right now. Then. I'll be all right now. And then we leave this tense car chase to <laughs> go back to Jameson's studio where he has basically, they just they, they have a bit of discussion about how he's going to do this, but mm. they decide, decide basically to encase the Benin bronze in plaster and then to sort of give it a sort of shine, put a few coats of paint on it and sort of shine it up so it looks like bronze and he makes like a sort of modern sculpture over the top of it it's actually um, quite impressive the paint bit was really i've got to paint it really in a special way so it because bronze if you kiss a bronze it doesn't kiss you back he said and i yeah. was like do people kiss bronzes i mean you'd think a bronze would be, feel quite warm i don't know yeah, it'd be cold well but in a sort of soft well not i guess it's not soft i think i'm being mad well i think because when i think of bronze i think of henry moore and i think of like mm. a sort of sinuous shape he almost like makes a, a sort of Henry Moore yeah he does thing. the thing that he makes around the Benin bronze is mm. kind of that sort of style it is actually very Henry yeah yeah that's yeah. right it's it a very very beautiful I quite liked it and then so sad lady has managed to get back to her house I don't know if you two notice this or whether it is a thing but I thought at this point I'd uncovered a massive like thing that was going to happen in the plot and then, and it, then let, it, it went nowhere at all she got home she got out of the car she said hello to the gardener or the groundskeeper or whatever who was doing a bit of work on the gravel drive or the fountain or whatever it was outside her massive house um <laughs> and he said oh hello milady or something back and i was like ah extras don't normally talk <laughs> therefore that man is going to be someone uh, but he wasn't. Spoiler, he wasn't. He wasn't. And I watched the rest of the episode like, is he Max? No. no. It was just an old man. So Mary's arranged to meet the policeman the next day. And so he comes to her house and Lovejoy basically is there. And this is where, I don't know quite how it comes out. My notes are not very clear on this point. But basically we find out that this, he, he was a police officer. He's retired. He was a DI. Oh, yes. So, oh, I know how we found this out. Yeah. It's Eric. It is. Um, so basically Eric's managed to keep up with the car. And oh, then yes. Jane, Tink and Lovejoy have got the briefcase with the tape in it. They're all sat around taking the piss out of Eric being very professional, by the way, and saying oh, what yes. he was at the top of the tape. Because he's done a bit of undercover. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, then the tapes recorded these farmers talking about 
cows or something. Yeah. And these three think it's absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, the policeman didn't even come into the pub at this point. What's wrong with him recording just the pub? Yeah. I was getting really cross on Eric's well, behalf. we've recorded here. in a pub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And recorded random people as well as ourselves. Um, and then Eric kind of comes in, sees them all taking the piss, and he's like, why are you lot sat around laughing at me? I found out who this person is. Who he actually is. is. And, yeah. um, and, and this the, is the key information that we need to catch him out. And the way he did it was by going into the newsagent. He says to Jane, Jane says, how did you find this out? And he says, well, Jane, I don't think you've ever been a paper boy. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> he had to, this is where he had to bribe the 12-year-old yeah. or whatever. So, so he's gone into the newsagent and he's, and he's asked um, about this, because he's told the car back to the policeman, in inverted commas, house, and he's found out, yes, he was on the force, but he got made redundant or... Just left. Oh, no, he left for ill health, didn't he? Did yeah. he have to leave because of ill health? It or sounded something? to me like it was a bit of a cover up, though. You know, when people are like, oh, and so and so oh, is now he's retiring. retiring. And like, so really? he can't be prosecuted anymore. I know that from line of duty. With immediate effect, go. he's retiring. Yes, he, he he's didn't, not taking garden leave or anything. He's gone. He didn't want a leaving, do he? No. chose not to have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I've written here is when did we go back to the 1950s? Because he bribes the kid with fizzy pop and a, co- uh, pop and a comic. Yeah, well. Come on, and I don't think now. What would you what would you bribe a kid with now? I was going to say like a joint and some. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what children do you? Comic. How old well, is this children. kid? How old was he? I don't really remember this kid. How old was he? Well, he, we didn't I see, I him. see the we kid. Didn't he see just said he has to bribe. I think I fell asleep. Fizzy point. pop and a comic, though. I mean, now it would be. Happening. There was more than that. It wasn't just fizzy pop and the comic. There was like a chocolate bar and a, an ice cream cone. Oh, well, that's all. Oh wow, this kid really cleaned up. I remember listening to his list and thinking that yeah, that I'd spilled the beans. I mean, I someone gave me that. Bag of Haribo. Would... As long as it was like Grazia and not a comic. I don't really yeah, want a comic. No, Grazia. Grazia, so... the, 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 <laughs> an didn't... ice cream cone and some fizzy pop. The which little... is Pinot Grigio. Har- Haribo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Prosecco, that's fizzy. fizzy we, we just want some Prosecco. <laughs> That'd be totally fine. <laughs> so, so this is, what would it take to bribe you? <laughs> Tweet us, let us know. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, so the... the, the the retired DIs, we know, comes over to Mary's the next day as arranged. And they've got, basically, do a deal because obviously the, the incriminating evidence the policeman's got, former policeman, are the pictures of Mary having yeah. lunch with Blaine. And Lovejoy mm. had taken a photo of the alleged policeman having lunch with um, Mary Russell and he's got the tape. The tape. So he's like, I've got proof that you were bribing her. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, my pickies for your pickies. <laughs> He said pickies, he said negs later on. Yes, yeah. he did. Oh, I was like, what, what but is I always, happening? I also thought, it's like, you know, how do they, so they did this deal, so he accepted this deal, so they swapped their pictures. It's like, well, how do they know, both sides, that the other side has given them all the Exactly. Yeah. I, I thought exactly the same thing. Whenever this, whenever yeah. you do this, how do you think? Because yeah. I would hold one back just in case, if it was me. Maybe yeah. I'm just oh, more underhand. Never, never. Don't send her any incriminating evidence. No, absolutely. <laughs> the negatives, you can copy the negatives. Well, because I was watching it thinking, oh, you couldn't write this in 2019 because you just can't, if we'd taken the photos on our phone, for instance, you could never, ever prove that you had actually got rid no. of them everywhere. And he could have got, I didn't, it didn't got, occur to me, you got can't prove that with real pictures. He could have gone into yeah. Boots and does it, done his one-hour service with the t- and, and said yeah. he wanted two sets of photos. Yes, yeah. yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah. it's just so. It was, but anyway, they they kind of got rid of the policeman. That that was that was done. That was that. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Right. So we go to Australia. Yeah, we now have to go to Sydney. Oh, Yay. I love this. I have been too. It because one of the first things you see is the um uh the Paragon Hotel. 
Oh, you've been there? I've been there. Oh, Paragon so Hotel. Cool. It's not a hotel. It's a bar. I like the way they did. Darling kind of... Harbour, Paragon Hotel. I've been there. <laughs> they did all this sort of stock footage of Sydney. Yeah. Sydney Harbour and the Opera House. And, and then they had uh, Greg Veach in what was clearly a studio with like a backdrop. <laughs> and the floor was all wobbling. <laughs> like, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was like, how have they done that? And so, Have they projected it? Have yeah. they? They can't have put it in in post production. Oh, can they? It was the nineties. Hmm. I was trying to work it all out. Very boring. Sorry. Because <laughs> they basically find out that Greg's like sort of done a runner back to Sydney, like gone very quickly back to Sydney, and you know sent Lovejoy a check and sort of just d- vanished almost back to back to Australia. Obviously, we know why. Oh, that's why. Because they the reason they know this is because like they listen to an answer phone message that he's left, don't they? Where he's mm. like explains all of this and he says, "I won't try and do an Australian accent." Oh. But Greg says to Lovejoy in this message, give us a thought when you next get your leg over Lady Jane. <laughs> oh, that tells you all you say about Greg Beach, listeners. <laughs> um, so he's he unwraps his the the sculpture that's been made around the bronze. The sculpture was really nice. Yeah, the sculpture was. It really looks good nice. on his table because he's got a very modern office with like a glass table and everything's all steel and glass and black and white pictures on the wall and stuff. And now he's ready to break off the plaster and reveal the Ben and Bronze within. However. It's da, da, da. What was it? I found it creepy. It was a koala. It was a squeaky... Yeah, no, I know it's a orange. Oh, it was, koala. but it was the orange. It was the fact it was orange. <laughs> it's it was very the... odd looking. I mean, what? I've seen a koala. I've cuddled a koala, and they do not look <laughs> like that. And where had Jameson drummed up an orange koala from? And why wasn't it as heavy? Like, yeah, it, it was. Sense. I mean, there's no. Yeah, you want to know what? I wanted to know what it was made of. And also, because um, what we haven't mentioned is that. Um, Greg does sign the bottom of the bronze to make sure that it mm. is the same thing. Because obviously he has this thought of, like, you could just put anything around it. And yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, so you put anything in it and you're like, I wouldn't know. And then, the, so the base is still signed. So he must have, like, taken the bronze off the base. Yeah. And just and done, just, just done the base. Else. But, yeah. So uh, Greg is very, very cross. He's not happy. And behaves exactly how I would by smashing a picture frame. I know. <laughs> this is why I smashes up really... his gets a bit angry and smashes everything up. <laughs> This is the thing, it, is, it reminds me very much of our last, uh, or last but one discussion that we had about <laughs> yeah, smashing furious. I mean, I would be a little bit annoyed. So how much did he pay? 600,000 Australian dollars. I mean, that's a lot of 300,000 pounds. And he smashes, one of the pictures got, it, it's him with Margaret Thatcher. Oh. And I was like, does that mean something? Is that representative of means our relationship a, with the means Australians? Means he's a dick. We have commented <laughs> on on politics in this before, and Eric not Eric mm. every now and then stands up for the workers. He's not a fan mm. of Margaret Thatcher. Mm. I think that was meant to just symbolise that it's all right. Don't feel sorry for him, uh, listener. Yeah, listen because he's, he's had a relationship with Margaret. Not like that. Di- not that. <laughs> But Greg thinks obviously that so Greg thinks Lovejoy is in on it, which makes sense because obviously Lovejoy was his kind of fixer. Lovejoy set him up with Max Spence. Max Spence, and he does and deserve Jameson. it. Again, he's one of those people that deserves. So, yeah, Lovejoy introduced him to Jameson and to Max Spence. You yeah, can see why. You can see why. So he thinks Lovejoy's in on it. He flies immediately back to the UK. At this point, I was like, they've got four minutes. How are they going to wrap, gonna this wrap up it up? I thought in exactly four... the same thing. Minute. The answer it was is ridiculous. The answer <laughs> is not brilliantly. Why don't they just have this story? Anyway, it, very so, quickly, listener. So it, Matt it turns Spence out. has done a, a scam, you know, obviously on Greg, and um, he's done a bunk. You know, so Lovejoy, Eric, and Tink look for him. They can't find him anywhere. Yeah, and then um, and then they go and look for Jameson, the other guilty party. And his foundry's been burned to the ground by. Well, not by Greg himself, but Greg's got people to go around, burn the foundry to the ground. So now they're like, oh, yeah, oh shit. I've forgotten about and that. And Greg's after us because he thinks we're in on this. Oh, yes. We're absolutely effed. Yeah, yeah. So they, they do find Max 
um, in the end. And Max has sold. Max had convinced Jameson to make three copies of the Ben and Bronze that he oh, sold I didn't get to. Oh, this bit at all. So he explain he, it to he me. He basically sold the bronze more than once to get the money to pay off the IRS, the HMRC. So he once once he met Jameson, he's like, "Aha! Right, you make me three copies of this." So uh, and then, and then he said, "I can't remember who sold them to though." But I just remember at the end, a he went, Chinese, a Russian, that was and it. a very nice Nigerian. Oh. So a Nigerian person did, did get actually one, get one, apart from, but not the they real They didn't because it wasn't real. Um, but also, Jameson hadn't got around to making these because his foundry's burned to the ground. So now the whole thing is terrifying. But then this is where the fake policeman comes back. So, uh, so basically, they, they go and find Max. They ask him about the bed and bronze, and, they, and Max, they were like, "Where is it?" And Max says, "It's in the studio. It's in Jim's mm. studio." So we're like, "Well, has it been like melted in the?" Fire, fire, mm. of course. Um, and we and we, I mean, does bronze melt in a fire? It'd have to be a pretty hot fire. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the temperature is. But they do find this kind of like squished thing. Yeah. They yeah. say is the bronze, and then they get because when does the policeman turn up? So basically, Greg's there. He's going to kill them. Lovejoy drafts in the policeman dude what, to is, basically say. Where does Greg find them? I think he just goes to the ranch. Goes so to Lovejoy sort of, Antiques. They basically they? just um Well they they get back to Lovejoy Antiques, so Lovejoy, Eric, mm. Tinker, I think maybe it's Max still with them, and they find a big bonfire of Lovejoy's stuff. Yeah, so Greg's and obviously they, got there somehow. And they and they because basically they, the studio was about burnt down with kerosene and then one I can't remember who says it, but someone's like What's that smell? I've smelt that somewhere recently. It's like really <laughs> comical. <laughs> it's like obviously it's kerosene again. <laughs> and then yeah, then I got confused. Well, then because then Lovejoy spots the picture. Oh, so he did hold a picture back actually. Because how yeah. else would he have had the picture of Sansa? Well, spotted Polly. Um, and he's like, ah, we can use that fake yeah. policeman now because he had all the stuff to pretend he was the police. And it's all basically calling it, they sort of call it quits. They call yeah. him a favour, which I love because that comes up in Lovejoy quite a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, you, you know what, we've got, got something right in common here. So hang on, I'm sorry. They go back to Lovejoy Antiques, they see the bonfire, yeah. the kerosene. Someone has set up a bonfire of Lovejoy stuff about to burn all his antiques. Yeah, and in the bonfire there's a notice board and on the notice board is pinned yes. a picture of the dodgy policeman. Lovejoy sees it. He's like, ah, I can use your skills as a dodgy policeman to trick Greg into thinking that CID are onto him because he smuggled that yeah. thing out of the country. It's quite what, elaborate who has for put the, the last... notice board there. Whoever built the bonfire. Who has built the bonfire? So either the people who burned down the foundry under Greg's it's command, an elaborate final or five Greg minutes. himself, but probably just. But again. where did they get where did they get the photo from? It's oh, on the that... notice board, oh, so they've just took the notice see, board right, on the bonfire. Okay. Sorry, guys, I just even right. I just didn't understand this because this is well, it's partly like, because it's taking us fifteen minutes to talk about it. This all happened in like a minute. Yeah, this happened, happened in about in... five minutes at the end of the yeah, episode, and it was much more interesting than a lot of the other. Yeah. The rest of the episode. And I, it was kind of like, what, what? And I kept thinking, have I looked at the timer wrong? Because surely there has to be more than, yeah. by this point, it's like, there has to be more than one minute, 30 seconds left. And it is quite pleasing, the end, I have to say, using, using the policeman, do we want to say how they did it? Using the policeman yeah. to basically catch the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And say, and, right. Well, we, yeah, because so, I just wrote, all the slimy guys look the same because I was so confused. But everyone, everyone who deserved their, getting their comeuppance got their comeuppance. Well, I was, like, I was right, wasn't I? So basically... Blaine turns up with the policeman, so he's not dead. He's not all. dead. No, he's no, yeah. Cahoots. Obviously, it's a racket between the two of them to extort yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. from, from like, women. women. <laughs> Which, again, makes me really sad because, again, she's had an one-night stand with this guy. See, I'd assumed it was Who all along wanted... 
money. You were screwing around. Well, they do say it's been recently released from prison. No, so it can't have been that. No, and I think the because he, he says, oh, can I not have your number? It implied to me it was a one night stand mm. because he said, oh, and you still haven't given me your number. And that's all of right. that's true. And I've then forgotten about that. They, they call it an indiscretion. There is very, it's very much. Yeah, it's an indiscretion. Oh God, why did I do that? Exactly. So, and then this point, Lovejoy decides to phone the policeman to get him to come, but also, what does he phone Greg and say, okay, it's a fair cop, come and beat me up and burn me? Or I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, it's very confusing. I'm not sure. And then they basically extort some money out of Greg for him not, for the police and not, the police so not, not to arrest you, you yeah. if you give me money, and they, they split the money. And that's the end. And that's literally, that, yeah. and that's the end. But that, again, that's and the end. And it's weird. <laughs> But it was it was still quite a pleasing ending. Oh, I just, I again, we've said this before. I just wish they had spread the episode out differently. They need yeah, to the wait pacing. differently. Yeah, they got the, the pacing all so wrong. Weird. Because the end was quite funny, and it was quite you know. Oh, of course, you're gonna. It's that you scratch your yeah. back, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. With these two guys who who were really happy to extort money out of a dickhead. <laughs> Who um, deserves um, it? Also, in the end, we don't really know where the bronze is. Like, maybe it was burnt in the foundry. Maybe that was one of the fake There's things nobody Maybe I... Jameson's nicked off with it. There's nobody I like in this episode, by the way. I don't no. really like Mary Russell. I think she's daft and a bit wet. Oh, I, thought, I, I felt, yeah, she was quite... I felt a bit sorry for She didn't her, have but... a backbone, really, did she? And, you know, she's... Uh... Yeah, she got herself into a situation that she didn't couldn't get out of. And yeah, yeah. It's really out of her depth. And, and then, yeah, she had, luckily had a lot of people to help her, otherwise she was... She would have been a bit screwed. I mean, I was sort of, if I'm honest, I was underwhelmed by this episode. Yeah, I was sorry. So we're gonna. It's all right. I didn't write it. <laughs> well, no, well, sorry, Mr. Marshall. We might know. We might. We might think that M liked it more than we. Did, so, so. I think I just. Um, I quite enjoyed. Um, it's too embarrassing to say it now. I quite enjoyed how much Eric there was in it. That was fun. I, I liked know, that. I like a bit more Eric. Um, and I. Uh, I like bits of it, but I mean, I I definitely agree with you that the pacing was dreadful. I kept it's thinking odd. that I'd like missed bits and then pausing it and then go back. So actually, maybe that didn't help with my understanding of what was happening because I kept stopping. Whereas I suppose if I'd watched it on the BBC on a Sunday night in 1992 or whatever, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to just stop it and be like, what's that? You'd have been even more confused. Well, what's going on? Um, so marks out of 10, I think we're going to be pretty low, aren't I mean, we? I just... If the main thing for me was why did the story only start halfway through and then most of it happened, 8% of it happened in the last five minutes. I wouldn't yeah. even say it was five minutes, I'd say it was the last three minutes. Yeah. It wasn't all that exciting either, it just felt a bit tired of, oh, which elements of these should we use? And it didn't feel yeah. very original, even though it was, you know, the ending was quite pleasing. Yeah. But the, yeah. the characters were not that funny, the Australian could have been funnier and he yeah. was a bit of a caricature. And, yes. then, and there wasn't much yeah. suspense because you knew that, the bronze wasn't going to be in there yeah. when he broke it over. It wasn't like, oh my God, he's got a squeaky koala instead. You're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's koala just over. Um, um, well, so you yeah. say that, but I was surprised. I'm sure I've written down, oh my God, it's not in there. I really thought it was. I think because I thought we were going towards a slow ending. So I was like, oh, and now he's got the bronze back and blah, 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 blah. And now we've got about five minutes to do a nice little wrap up here. Mary will be happy. And, and then I was like, oh, what? How can it not be the bronze? We've only got four minutes to go. What's yeah, going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going to give it five out of ten. I would go. I mean, it wasn't awful. I was going to say six. So, I'm going to give it a five as yeah. well. A solid five. It, it was all right. Awful, yeah, like it I, would have been of a Sunday evening in 1992. When you're, you're a bit sleepy after yeah, your big Sunday dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Antique of the week? 
Do you know what? I'm going to go for, and it's not really an antique, the... Toast rack. <laughs> oh, actually, do you know what? I'm going to go for... Yeah, I'm going to go for the toast oh, rack. No, Sorry, I've got to say? I was going to say the thing that looked like it was by Henry Moore, because I did quite like yes. it, but no, I'm going to go for the toast well, rack. Well, that's all right. I'm just like it, and I am going to put a picture <laughs> That's right, because I was going to go for the thing that looked like a Henry Moore, so... I think that would be mine, too, because it the Benin nice. itself was pretty, but... um, Well, actually, because... Jameson's sculptures in general were quite They were good. Though. He made some nice bronzes. Maybe it's just our, our love of so Jameson. We, we like Jameson's yeah, he, he outputs. Was good. That was our antique of the week. Yeah. That wasn't, like you say, it wasn't an antique literally made yeah. during the episode. I mean, the bronze itself was nice, but I just felt like that shouldn't be in an old English country house. It yeah. should be. Like the Elgin marbles, which we've discussed at length, it should be back in its rightful... It should. ...home, shouldn't it, really? Um, although, oh... I have now I've written down here, which I'd forgotten. My antique of the week is negatives. Because oh, yes. Lovejoy says, "Oh, your your negs for my negs," so they've swapped the negatives over as well as the photographs. And I was like, "Oh, that negative." I mean, people must. I know people still take photographs on film. I know negatives still exist, but they don't exist in a. If you said to me, "Oh, have you got a roll of film in your house?" No, of course I don't. No, no, I don't have anything like that. Um. So that that's something that's kind of bit in the dust. Have yeah. we learned anything? <laughs> well, I've learned that the BBC wants you to think that if you sleep with someone who isn't your husband, then you're going to get chased down by fake policemen and bribed, like not bribed, and uh, what's it called? Held to ransom and held to ransom. Extra, yeah. Well, I've yeah. I've learned that the BBC wants you to think that they're in Sydney. It's just look the <laughs> Opera House, the bridge. <laughs> Some sunshine, some water. I mean, I don't know. They must have. I mean, they can't have gone all the way to Sydney just to film that. I don't think they might so. have got their man in Sydney. I bet they. I bet they got their correspondent in Sydney just like can, film can out you the go, window. Can you just pop out? Can you just? Can you just pop out to Darling Harbour and just sort of <laughs> take a panorama oh, and go dear. stand outside the Paragon Hotel, which is sort of vaguely famous if you've been to Sydney. I. I would have so I I think it's what I would have liked to have learned. So I would have liked to have learned more about more about the Benin bronze and the Benin mm. bronzes in general because they are a real thing, and I could be quite was quite interested in the history. We didn't really find out much about that. It was quite a bit more of a story about what all that meant and what they were. So, but I learned that Benin bronzes exist because I didn't know that. But yeah, I would like to know more about them. Oh, we all sound a bit deflated. Yeah. Um. What What have we got coming up next? Oh, is it oh, Eric of Arabia? We've got Eric of Arabia, and it's so good. I think this is the other reason, though, because I don't I don't feel particularly enthused about this one. But I think it's because we've got coming up Eric of Arabia, yes. which for the title alone so is is amazing. Uh, we've got Love Knots, which has Virginia McKenna in it, which is great. Oh, and we got Smoke Your Nose. I mean, then we've got Smoke Your Nose. So we've got coming quite up, a... which is amazing. Ooh, you can't wait for got... Smoke. You know, so like much, so much good stuff coming up. So this just felt like a bit of a, and we've just had the hot house flowers, and then yeah. we had uh, Angelo Angel trousers. Yes, Angel you know, trousers was really had, good. And, and this, I mean, yeah. this sort of stands out as just being a bit bland. It's like, a filler episode. Yeah, it's really um, a bit of padding. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's it. I think. Ben Sorry if you were as underwhelmed by our episode as we were by this episode. <laughs> no, I'm going to make this episode sound great. She's going to make the episode sound she's, great. She's a magician. So but, um... if you were impressed by this episode, uh, thanks, Em. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 find oh. us on social media thingies. Yeah, come and talk. Lovejoy talk to me A-Pod. on Twitter. So, um, yeah, tweet us at Lovejoy A-Pod. 
um, Instagram. Instagram. Oh, I finally realised that I should just put a link to these in the show notes. So yeah. if you scroll down in whatever podcast app you're using, you can just click on it. I don't know why I didn't think to do that but nine months ago, now. but sure, I'm going to do, do it, it now. now. So, so if if you're thinking, what are they talking about? Uh, you can just. Uh, oh, and also, did you know on the um, Apple Podcast app, which I couldn't find for frigging months, you can still get the episode to turn off at the end of the episode you just have to like scroll down and that's where all the stuff is who knew who knew i'll show you afterwards okay yeah. okay we're, we're excited so rate review subscribe all those all things of those things you do with podcasts and like. we will see you in two weeks yep bye. see you soon bye bye bye, bye. 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 let's tell